Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Miles, host of the Words, Wombles and Wisdom podcast. I'm a writer, I'm a Christian, I'm a radio show host, I love to talk and I love to eat. Words, Wombles and Wisdom is always body positive, always food positive and sometimes funny. I want to bring honesty and hope to the long-term weight loss journey. But even if you're not someone who loves food enough to wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator, you'll always find some encouragement here. Feel free to get in touch. You can email smile at annemariemiles.co.uk or find me on social media at Writing. Enjoy this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Well, hello there. Hello. Yes, I'm back. I've taken a couple of months off and now I am back. And I wanted to explain my absence and let you know what's been going on. First of all, let me say thank you to all of those of you who got in contact with me and were making sure that I was okay and wondering where I was. I'm absolutely fine. It's just the last two or three episodes actually have had a bit of an impact on me. And I thought I need to go and have a think about this, think about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it and where this whole thing is going. Not just the podcast, but me and my journey as well. So if you're new to the podcast, it might be worth your while maybe going back and listening to some of the older posts. Um, But anyway, you're very welcome and you're very welcome to listen as I kind of explain my absence over the last couple of months. First thing I want to say is the podcast is actually two years old and we just passed the two year mark last week. Now, it was a weekly podcast when I started and in the last year I found it very hard to kind of keep that weekly chat up. I felt I, I was I felt I was in danger of repeating myself and in the second year of the podcast the weight loss had slowed down. It was getting more difficult and I felt that actually I needed to slow down with it and move the podcast at the same pace as I was moving. And I'm hoping that things will ramp up again and if they do then I'm hoping that I will go back to weekly but at the moment we're going to stick with two weekly but I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have listened we're edging ever closer to the 4,000 mark Um, so I think it's about 3,800 downloads so if you haven't downloaded some of the older episodes and you want to get me help me get to the 4,000 mark make sure not just download but listen I just I don't want I'm not interested in the numbers I'm interested in the listens really listening and hopefully you benefiting from the podcast so yeah two years old uh, last week the podcast was and I'm uh, still committed to it still loving it but I felt it important to stop and just have a little think about what I was doing and where I was going and what happened was that uh, at the end of April I did a post called the path to permanent change and I do believe that I actually have found the path to permanent change I'm just struggling to get on it and stay on it um What's been happening really, and I've, I've shared this over the last few episodes and in the last episode, um, the last episode w- was an interview, which was wonderful. But the one before that, the angry episode, that's had a real impact on me and um, it's kind of made me stop and think. And one of the things that's one of the things that's going on at the moment is I went through a process of wondering if I would ever know or be able to work out why I eat the way I do, why I am so obsessed with food. Then I got to a stage of realising why, because I associate food 
with feelings of comfort, with feelings of security, with with a sense of family and a sense of dispelling of loneliness and where there's family and gatherings of people who I love to spend my time with, whether it be my Welsh family or my Irish family, where there are those gatherings, there is always food. So I have used food to try and create those feelings of safety, comfort, company, whatever. And that has you know, become a bit of a compulsion and obsession. And then I realised that, that it wasn't enough to just know that they were the reasons why. It wasn't enough to know. Oh, that's great. Oh, oh, is that why? Is that why I eat? Oh, grand. Okay, well, off we go. No, it wasn't enough for me to know why I eat like that. I had to actually address those issues. I had to deal directly with those issues and address them. And it's in the addressing of them that I have realised that my thinking about food and my habitual life regarding food is so deeply ingrained and is so tightly bound to my feelings and my actions that it's going to take a long time for me to undo that. It's going to take a long time for me to actually change the way I think and act about food because I thought it would be enough to know the reason and it turned out it wasn't. And I thought it would be enough to uh, agree to address those reasons. And as I addressed them, I thought, oh, yeah, OK, I am not lonely. I, I am not lonely anymore. I am not vulnerable. And when I'm on my own in the house and that, te- you know, that tends to lead me to the fridge or to the press or to the cupboard or whatever. Um, just being able to say, you're not lonely you're not vulnerable, Emery. You don't need, you know, Richard's going to be back in a couple of hours or you're going out to meet such a person in a couple of hours or you're not lonely. You're safe. You're loved. You're valued. It's fine. You don't need to fill yourself with food because you're not actually empty. You are full, full of God's spirit, full of God's promises. And I thought that suddenly getting to those realizations would be enough. And it's not enough. Because those realizations are not sticking, they're not sticking. They every I, I it's it's like there's a part of me that keeps forgetting that that is true, because the old mindset is so tightly bound and so deeply ingrained that I'm going to have to do a long work of unpicking that mindset, and digging it out, and digging a new channel for my thoughts to go down. So I'm doing, I'm changing my mind. That's what I'm doing. I'm literally going through a process of changing my mind where every day, every day consistently, I am listening to things and speaking truth to myself. And it will take a long time. It will take a few months, at least, of daily repetitive speaking truth into myself so that it becomes a new automatic thought because we have these automatic thoughts. So if your ear is itchy, you will just put your hand up and scratch your ear. You won't, you won't think, oh, my ear is itchy. OK, right hand up, you lift, go to ear, finger, move up and down, scratch. Ear. You know, we don't uh, 
we don't do that. Our subconscious just acts. You know, our hand will go like if you were to um, tip off the kettle while it was boiling. Your instant reaction would be to move your hand away quickly. You wouldn't have to go, oh, this is hot. I must move my hand away. We have these automatic reactions. Well, we also have automatic thoughts that lead to reactions, that lead to actions. And my automatic thought is food makes you feel better. Food makes you happy. Are you unhappy? Go and have food. Now, I don't say those words to myself, nor do I hear myself inwardly thinking them or feeling them. They happen as automatic as it, as taking my hand off a hot kettle. If I tip off and immediately my hand runs away from it without me thinking through the process. Well, that's happening with my emotions. My hand is automatically going to the fridge and to the food. And I'm halfway through eating it before I realise, hang on, no, 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 I, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to do it anymore. I am not lonely. I am not vulnerable. I am not sad. Anne-Marie, up until now, you have eaten as a response to sadness, as a response to loneliness, as a response to fear. It's been your automatic reaction. It's been the thing you do without even thinking about it, without even realising, without even telling yourself to do it. You are compelled to go and eat in response to sadness or stress or disappointment or loneliness or a, a sense of vulnerability. But if you actually were able to think logically, you're not vulnerable anymore. You're not sad. You're happy in your life. You've got people around you who love you. You've got people who... You know, on the other side of the Irish Sea who love you. You are surrounded by people who love you and filled with love and purpose and joy. You don't need to do that. But I have to tell myself that every day. Every single day I'm speaking those words into my life and I'm listening to other positive kind of mindset encouragements. And that's why for the last couple of months I haven't really shared because I've realised that I had to to go up a gear in my in my responses to my eating. Now, this isn't pop psychology. I've been working with Mel, as I've mentioned Mel before, and working with Joy in Tech Pixies, who is a certified neuro coach. And I've, I've learned from stuff I've been reading and listening to that the patterns of my behaviour come from my thinking but it's automatic subconscious thinking that I don't even know is happening so I need to speak into that bit of my brain and change the subconscious thoughts which lead to the automatic reactions. It's complicated and it's not easy and it takes time but that is what I'm doing at the moment. I'm speaking positively to myself. I'm speaking truth to myself I'm speaking words of affirmation to myself. And now, if, you were, if you've listened to older episodes of the podcast, you'll remember that there was a time where I would not look in the mirror. I might look in it for a second just to make sure my hair was brushed or my, you know, my lipstick was straight if I, if I wore lipstick if I was going to a wedding or something. But I would never look at myself from the neck down. I just didn't look. 
I didn't, I didn't, I, I hated the sight of myself. And you'll have heard me share before. Um, just let me have a little sip of my coffee. You have heard me share before that I used to hit myself. I used to thump myself in the stomach because I hated the sight of it so much. Now, over time, I've I don't do that anymore. And I pray for myself and I I am doing my best to love and respect my body as best I can. And this is part of it. But no long term change is going to happen unless my thinking changes. I used to believe that the things you did affected how you think so that if I if I did something or if I had something then I would be a better person by because I would it would change my thoughts but actually it's the other way around it's our thoughts that propel our actions so we need to deal with the things that we say to ourselves the things we say about ourselves to other people and how we treat ourselves and how we look at ourselves in the mirror and how we love ourselves. One of the things that has really struck me in some of the things I've been listening to is that I suddenly realised there is no stage in my life where I was happy with who I was. I never, ever, ever until now accepted myself just as I am. Doesn't mean I shouldn't change. I absolutely need to change. Doesn't mean I shouldn't look after my body better or shouldn't change my eating habits or shouldn't be more active. All of those things are true. I should be more active. I should be eating better. I should take better care of this body. I All of those things are true. But right here, right now, I accept myself for the first time ever. Now, I've, I'm 27 plus years a Christian and it took me a while, but I did get to the stage and I, uh, you know, I have been at the stage for some time where I knew that God accepted me as I was. But I have to accept myself. It never occurred to me that I wasn't accept myself as I am. And I, I've constantly been dissatisfied with how I look, with my shape, with my face, with my everything, just so and and. I thought, you know something, I can't, I'm not doing that to myself anymore. I absolutely need to change, there's no doubt about it. But in the meantime, right here, right now, I accept myself as I am. And that's been a huge thing for me. I didn't even realise I didn't accept myself. But the, the whole idea of just being grateful for things as they are, is a totally new concept to me. Things outside of myself, absolutely, you know, be grateful for what you have. You would probably have heard me saying that before. Never have I applied it to myself, ever. I suddenly realised, hang on a second, I need to apply this to me. I need to apply this to me. I need to accept myself as I am. I need to be thankful for the measure of health and strength that I have. I used to be stronger. A couple of years ago, I was stronger. I'm not as strong as I was because I've put on some weight, but I accept myself now as I am. I thank God for the strength that I have. I see people not that much older than me needing to use a walking stick. and I'm not gloating under no circumstance. They're literally there, but for the grace of God go I. But I need to be thankful that that's not me. I don't know 
you know, I pray it will never be. I don't know the future. But at the moment, I, I can get in, get up off a chair without much effort. I can walk, get in and out of a car without much effort. I don't need, you know, I can walk up the stairs without much effort. I don't need help. I don't need assistance. And I need to be grateful for that. I am very, very, very privileged to be like that, considering I'm 54 years old and I only started looking after myself about six years ago. I am blessed, blessed with the amount of energy and mobility and strength that I have. I want more. I want more energy. I want more mobility and I want more strength. But I am blessed and thankful for what I have at the moment. That I have the opportunity to do things I love like this podcast on my radio show. That I have enough energy to do the stuff in church and that I um, can that I can work with Richard and serve alongside him and uh, that we, you know, we have a good life together. We're, we're 23 years married. <laughs> it's our 23rd wedding anniversary. And uh, we are so, 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 so blessed to um, even through the really, really bad times where I was pretty sure we weren't going to make it. I was pretty sure that things that our marriage was over and sickness and sadness and all sorts of things and we have made it to 23 years and we are I can safely say we're happier now than we have ever been that is a massive blessing and that I and I know it's not a blessing that everybody gets and I need to be more grateful for the things that I have the things that I have and the things that I am and the person I am and the opportunities I have and I I, I really got a real shock when I realized I am not accepting myself as I am and not loving myself as I am. I'm constantly on the chase, not just on the chase for improvement, but giving myself a hard time or, and I thought, no, 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 not doing that anymore. So that's been, you know, that's been another one of the wonderful things that's come out just over these last kind of six or eight weeks when I went a bit quiet and I've really been mulling these things through. I'm doing a daily gratitude journal. Now, when I say daily, most days, most days I do it. But I'm actually writing down things to be grateful for, things that I am so thankful for and just making sure that I'm making a note of them and that I am accepting myself and my situation as it is with the drive and the desire to move forward. So if you're on a similar journey and it might not be about weight, it might be about something completely different, then by all means, have a little think about your thinking. What are the things that you say to yourself? What are the phrases that you use about yourself when you're talking to other people? Now, I've talked about this before, but this this is another level of realising that this automatic behaviour comes from deep rooted thoughts that are Sorry, I'm just going to take another sip of my coffee. <laughs> Deep rooted thoughts that are <clears throat> put into their foundations at a young age. And it's not like I had an awful life. I didn't. I, I didn't have an awful life. There were things in my childhood I would have preferred were different. But I didn't have a terrible life. My parents loved me. Um, I had seven older brothers and sisters and all my nieces and nephews around me. I, I know how blessed I am to have all those people around me. But there are things from my childhood, vulnerabilities and 
and confidence knocking issues and stuff that I witnessed that I didn't realise had were so formative in my thinking and by extension so became formative in my actions. So that's where I've been. I've been on a little journey, but I am I am back now and I'm going to be with you every couple of weeks and I'm very excited about the next episode. It's going to be an interview with a nutritionist coach, Jade Nanton, and she has got a free webinar coming up in the middle of September. And I'm going to be giving you the link to her free webinar. And uh, she is such a clever girl and she's such a beautiful person inside and out and she really knows her stuff about nutrition and it's been such a blessing to speak to her and I'm so looking forward to introducing her to you on the next episode of the podcast but in the meantime I'd love to hear from you drop me a line Anne-Marie at no that's wrong <laughs> smile at annemariemiles.co.uk you can pop over to annemariemiles.co.uk check out some older episodes of the podcast especially if you're new it might give you a bit of better context to uh, listen to some older episodes of the podcast or you can buy me a coffee if you want or you can sign up to the newsletter all sorts of things you can do over on annemariemiles.co.uk and again to those who missed me and noticed I was missing thank you for that and I'm back and I'm looking forward to what the next weeks and months will bring but for now I'll see you soon bye bye